Got it. Hold on to your boxer briefs, your tidy whities and your panties and your nipple bras, everybody, because today is the day. The Pussy Priestess meets Operation Sex Goddess Body, where feminine power provocateur meets the pop culture provocateur. Oh, yes, baby. We have Josephina Bashout in the house, who is the Pussy Priestess herself. If you loved last week's episode with Naeem Mahmood, well, you're in luck. Because we were talking about his girlfriend who's in the spirituality, sexuality space. And she is a little, she got wind from a little birdie and she is here with us today. So with the flow of life, we're going to get it rocking and rolling. So a little bit about Josefina. So she is here. So you are welcome to your most liberated life. Does that sound familiar? I know, super on brand with us here at Talk To Me Taylor. She is host of the Pussy Priestess podcast, all about confidence, feminine fire, power. She's a certified spiritual psychologist, a coach. And I just want to say, for any men who are like, oh, I don't know, like all this pussy, this, that, you guys, I feel like are going to be down for this ride because as I know, the dudes who are rolling my audience, they love and are here for a woman who is in her sexual power and her confidence. Yes, like they are here for the ride. So dudes, I recommend you stick along for this pussy journey because there is definitely uh, some shiz in store for you too, because you know, we're, we talked about this, Josephine. And by the way, we talked off long guys before I could talk to you for hours, how we are in such a male bashing time and how it's like, we all win when we empower each other. So without further ado, oh shit, Josephina. The, oh, look at her. Oh, here we go. Oh, if you're not watching, you're, <laughs> she has, oh. she has the, 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 the titties <laughs> popping. And we were talking about how neither of us are wearing bras and it's unfortunate I have this HD cam because you actually can't see the nipple moment. So I'm sorry to you guys, but <laughs> Josephina, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Taylor. Glad to be here with you and uh, being in the free the nipple vibe here. <laughs> oh yeah, girl. We're going to talk all about it. We have so much in line in our journeys and stepping into our womanhood and how our society tries to clamp it down. Even oddly enough, ironically, like the so-called like feminists and smash the patriarchy people, like they're the ones like clamping down sexuality and like oddly enough, following the patriarchy's rules. But first oh, yeah. off, tell us how, cause right, sexuality and intimacy and, and all these things have become super mainstream. And when it comes to the media podcasting world off the bat, I think mainstream, like call her daddy, I think sex with Emily. So talk to me about the pussy priestess, your mission and how it stands apart from the pack. Yeah. And not to mention Gwyneth Paltrow, right? Sex, love, goop. Like she had a whole television show, which went mainstream all around sexuality and brought one of my colleagues into the mainstream, which is amazing. So it has hit the mainstream, which is absolutely exciting. And I know- Vagina candles. How could we forget? Do you have exactly. a Gwyneth vagina candle? Because- mm, Well, I also have, there's one that's, you know, uh, my can yeah, my candle smells like my vagina. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. really a moment. And she, exactly. And she also had 
you know, just to kind of, again, bring in the awareness of pussy sexuality coming into the mainstream, which by the way, is not a new thing. It's been such a mainstream thing. When we look at rap culture and African-American culture, it's been all over the music. It's been accepted widely. Hello, WAP, number one on the billboards, but it's become more and more mainstream when it comes to the world of sexual wellness, health, relationship, and spirituality, which to me, it's like, oh, duh, no brainer. Of course it belongs in that arena, right? So my work is really focused on bridging the gap that I see in spirituality and in personal development where they're not touching on the power of our body, our sexuality, our eroticism as a tool to really harness, number one, our confidence and our magnetism, right? Number two, right, to get everything that we want in life from that place of magnetism and power. Because when we are in our power, when our mind is connected to the heart and the mind and heart is connected to the sex, then we are liberated, we are free, we are fucking unstoppable forces, mm -hmm. and we are absolutely magnetic. And so in the mainstream where they want us to stay more sheepish and under control based on propaganda and media, which we can get into, but I won't go too deep just now, right? Just a little intro oh. to this. Oh, just a little titillizing play. You know, just like a little touch and tickle and back it up, you know, <laughs> and get into it. Just a little floor play is, when we are, and I speak to a lot of women, but my, my audience, when I do live seminars and talks, it's a mix of men and women because everyone thinks about sex. We all love sex on some level. And yet it's so shamed upon and taboo. And we have so many conditions around how we're supposed to feel about sex. And that's where I really come into play is let's take it into not only you know the technique and the strategy, but actually what's our deeper fundamental relationship with sex and how can we transform the fundamental relationship we have with sex, with sexuality first, with ourself, mastering our own sexuality, our own sexual expression, our own sensuality. And then from there for the feminine being embodied initiatrix invitation for the masculine and men to come right. out of the shadow and woodwork that they've been under patriarchal society, conditioning, programming, right? Scared of the feminine, right? That the feminine is a threat and manipulative and controlling, right? Which I love what you said about the patriarchies. I agree. I see a lot of feminists have actually just taken on the patriarchal role and called it feminist. And like, bro, why are you wearing a, why are you wearing a pantsuit and a briefcase dressing like them to like show you mean business? Like what's, what's the sick? Yeah. And why we got to sit there with our like legs spread open and be like, <laughs> Bam, and it's like okay, right. we, we got to show you our in our inward balls and our ovaries. It's like, yeah, but that's again, still being indoctrinated to the role that we have to fight for our, inherent worthiness and place in the world and we're forgetting our divine royal inheritance of pure majestic worthiness being born in a female body which is a whole other operating world yeah of feminine power and the power the power of that is so deep rooted i mean it's it's essentially the root of the so much of my brand, what I'm about, my message and my mission 
even my Playboy spread, right? Which is like, you have journalists, which I pitched and spearheaded. You have journalists also posing in a pictorial and showing and expressing themselves that way. And often you'll find even still to this day, because I'll sprinkle in every now and then we're going to talk about the skims nipple bra. I posted a little Instagram kind of teasing about it. Cause I'm all about, you know, going braless and being in that feminine power. And you'll have people who say, for the most part, my audience, men and women are like, go, go, go. We love this. Uh, because yeah. again, like Naeem and I talked about when you're so stepped into that confidence and power, people are just on board, but it's so deep. Well, you're so magnetic, right? You're so magnetic. Exactly. You're, you're effortlessly magnetic. You're not trying, you can't fake energy, right? Exactly. There's actually like chef's kiss to someone yeah. who owns that power and then knows how to harness that power. Exactly. Really. And I want to talk about some of the concrete examples in day-to-day -day life that we talked about yeah. on the phone that we experienced, but uh, to kind of put a pin in that, you know, you'll have people go and often, I want to get to this a little bit in the end, because I want to end all of this with the generation before us with older women and the generation yes. after us with younger women, sure. right? But you'll have women be like, you don't need to do that. You don't need to be like stooping to that. You don't need to do that. You're so smart and so talented. You don't, as if it, to your point about how sexuality has been, female sexuality has been so, you yes. know, put put a lid on and and covered and and controlled as if it's a bad thing um but before we get into there's so many again facts more of that which i'll add into because it's it's been that way but it's also been right like used to sell and manipulated right and subjectified and objectified as well so i just want to highlight just briefly right when we're listening it it has it's not one way or another right and i find that we're trying to find that integration of both of those, the suppression, the oppression, don't do right. well, and at the same time, societal, cultural programming, selling sex, objectifying women, okay. and the context, right? That we as women filter the whole world, all of the content and the context as women, we filter through our body, through our sexuality, and everywhere we look, it's, it's around us. There's no way to yeah. get around it. So... Before we get into how you had your own version of can being canceled, which is wild and deplatformed, yes. I do want to take a little bit of an impromptu sidebar on something that you'd mentioned talking about your mission and where we're at culturally. Yeah. You mentioned like women are out there now, woohoo, like WAP and all this, all this, right? So something that I often think, especially you mentioned like rap and hip hop. Yeah. I've been actually wanting to coordinate a panel of male and female rappers to talk about this, but just to quickly pick your brain on this sidebar, yeah. I often think what, like, to me, it's like everything in moderation, right? Like anything one way or the other is like a version of almost like being shameless and like, I don't want to say gluttonous, but you know what I mean? It's like so far down a spectrum. Yeah. And so sometimes with that, I think has it gone a little too far of women like I get it and in rap music it was always like bend over bitch get low touch your toe shake that ass shake those tits like over and over at like our sixth grade dance like yeah. the chaperones are still scarred with PTSD. feel that folk coming through literally and so sometimes I think like I'll see really funny reels on Instagram and it'll be like listening to hip hop then and it's like say my name say my and now it's like my pussy is wet and my labia and it's dripping like is it a little too far like do we need oh listen God. I'm all about stepping into our power but it's like 
when is too much too much? And it's like, has it, has the pendulum swung to now it's like TMI too much detail, like shameless. You know what I'm saying? How do you feel about that? Yeah, it's a really interesting point. So I'm going to speak from uh, a a little bit of a different perspective. So I work with a lot of African-American women who are actually in rap and entertainment. And a lot of them are clients of mine because of the really deep indoctrinated culture within that community of such deep feminine repression. And so they're using rap music, poetry as a way for them to find their voice when it comes to the reclamation of their body parts, like pussy and sex and dripping wet and all the things that women could be shamed for as ill. It's too wet in that culture, right? You're too wet. It's dirty. It's disgusting. It's nasty. And so there's a a narrative around reclaiming it in a positive light, which is really taken off for women rappers. You can even see it back in the day, right? With Missy Elliott. You can see it back in the day with Little Kim, right? Even before Mm -hmm. it was a party beat. It was going on even from the 90s in pop culture with women starting to slowly come out, right? And seduce and even Aaliyah rock the boat. And it was building up an essential, we're sailing the high seas. We're sailing the high seas. <laughs> I mean, that's my range. And you Good. can see it from there. So to your question, is it too much? The fact that if you look at statistics, that WAP was number one on the billboard across all, right, all of the U.S. and even beyond. And people were doing TikTok videos on it right? Americans, all cultures. Like it shows to me that there's no such thing as too much when you're waving a flag for liberation. Because although one area may have experienced a lot of that information, they're kind of over it, right? But that person right next to you who you have no idea what's going on in their experience, they may need that added little permission slip, right? They may have been built up on that precipice where they just need that one little more thing that's going to get them over that edge. And so I think in your personal life, there's a, a, a balance between being totally shameless and being, you know, sharing everything versus your desire of privacy. That's a different topic. That's a different conversation. But to your point, I don't think that it's too much. In fact, I think that, again, notice how are you feeling about it? If you're feeling that it's too much, where is that narrative coming from? Because you can always change the station, you can always turn the channel, but if it's actually getting to a point where it's bothering you, you're noticing contraction, annoyance, right? Then I'd always be like, oh, that's interesting. What's going on there? What about that is actually brushing up against you, right? And then I'd invite someone to go into a deeper self-reflection. So I think it's balancing the way of like feminist and You know, it's like women in power and women wearing the pantsuits, like you said, to women being like, I'm going to shake my ass up and down all over it. Right. And I think Netflix or someone had um, a show called P-Town, which was all about the strippers. Right. Right. Pussy Valley, P-Valley. Yeah. Yeah. I heard of that. Yeah. And it was showing, right. The, the, the narrative of women, because we're talking about African-American culture, that particular rap culture, owning that. And so we don't know how deep of a lineage healing that goes ancestral, right? As you mentioned, generations before and generations behind. And so from what I understand and what I know when I coach with women is that this has just been helping the generational healing of trauma that's gone on continuously. So 
who am I to say that it's too much? I don't know what their soul contract is. I don't know what's going to be the tipping point of where that balance will come through. But I do know that both men and women are all like, pop that, pop that in the culture. Yeah. And it's down with it, right? So there's also a thing to notice the difference between the urban languaging and the culture because cultures are very different and the way right. they the way they evolve. Yeah. I mean, I find myself, it's like, I totally get what you're saying. I think for me, for men and women, again, it's like, do I need your pap smear? Do I need to see like your ball sack detailed and every hair on your balls and your song? You know what I mean? But it's also interesting because it's like, again, it's just another version of women being contained. When you think about it, like Lil Wayne lollipop, like suck this, suck that. It's like, I've been hearing about dudes rapping about their dick since I like literally was 12, like honestly. So there's that element of it. But again, like to me, it's, it's like, you know, I always am thinking like with everything, you know, with all of this, with everything in our culture, like how far is too far, how much is too much? Because I, I do wonder though, Josephina, like with everything, you know, it, does it leave room for anything to push the edge where both we both call ourselves provocateurs if everything is so in your face so like what's left what's left to push the boundary and and to be provocative but just something to plan in this in the minds of listeners beautiful layer of refinement right being provocative to me doesn't also mean revealing everything right there's something really seductive and provocative not revealing right and I believe it was Diana Ross who came out and she mastered the art of provocative teasing in her shows. She would come out layers and layers and then slowly through each song, reveal a little, reveal a little, even though she was always clothed, right? But she would provoke and provoke us to just, right, tickle in or coax out a feeling and a sensation. And so there's, again, ways that you can do it, which is where I love more of the soft power versus harsh power because there's like get it get it it," and there's that right but there's also a soft power way to deliver a same message and kind of again seduce and coax I love that more of that out so again it's getting nuanced and you and it gets to further you understand and master this route you get to understand the distinctions and then how to again harness and play with that I love that. That's so true. It's funny because actually the other night I went to a burlesque show here in Nashville. It's one of the famous, um, you know, longest running when you Google burlesque, it's like the first thing that comes up and it is, it like never gets old. It's so much fun because again, it's all about that tease and it's, it's, you know, it's a little like tongue in cheek and satirical and funny and, and humorous and all that. And it's so, it's like, it's the tease. And I think you do that well, Taylor. I mean, from what I've seen and known so far, like, and I see your content, like you do that. Like we're both out there and provocative. I love it. But we're not doing it where we're just you know, pussy displayed on everything. We're not exactly. at that level, right? And for some who want to do that, beautiful, right? Who am I to say that that's wrong yeah. or too much? It's like that would be me contributing to that indoctrinative narrative that it needs to look a certain way in your expression. That's not for me to decide. But I for love me, that you I, said that. Look a I, certain I, way. Yeah, correct. and I love how you talked about the tease because that's something I'm very cognizant about in my work. Like. I love that I can like do a post with under boob with my cancel me baby hat, like speaking to the skims thing. And then the next thing it's like, 
I'm seriously talking about, you know, conflict in the Middle East and people. And I love like my audience members, dudes included, will be like, yeah, Taylor, like love the underboob. And next thing I know, they're like sending me a political meme. It's like the best thing ever, like hitting all those notes and being so multifaceted. Um, Okay. So before we have a lot, we still got a lot to go, girl. We got Uh to do your canceled story. I want to talk about the Skims nipple bra. Um, I want to talk about, again, more into the mindset of sex goddess body, pussy priestess. And then when it comes to um, older women, younger women and where we're headed. But first, okay, we talk about we talk about in our mindset. I love our conversation in the phone. We talked about stepping into this power and something that you talked about when you do again, because it's so contained and like, and sheltered. And when you step into that female power, you made it like such a small example, but it's so true. It's like, you'll be singing in the grocery store, right? Like you're like singing. I feel the same way. I'm just like in the moment. And I've noticed since I've started this journey, my, my fitness journey, how I dress all of it. I'm so much more like engaged in the world and present and productive. Yes. So yes. I I want to talk to you about this product that I'm obsessed with. It's called Magic Mind. Have you or Naeem heard of this? Oh my gosh. You know, what's so funny is, yes, when we were in LA, we heard about it. Yes. Girl. Yes. So everything we're talking about, yes. and I'm not just saying this, like you guys know I'm no BS and I stand by the products I work with. So this is so on brand for both of us and what we're talking today, because it's a green, all natural shot like this. And I was trying to contain myself and save it to, but I still, I saved a little bit because I always like to have a little boost before I shoot. Please please drink it for me. Oh, I'm going (laughs) to, I need like music, like you sexy thing, the slow-mo. You sexy drink that drink. Okay. I'm so obsessed with this because It gives you just enough that boost, like we're talking about, but it's all natural. There's matcha. You're going to have like a focus and not the caffeine jitters. So that's what I heard was about the focus, the magic mind. That's what I heard about it all day long. It's like, you are just on a mission, no matter what it is. If it's like tits out, brains out, like you are ready to go. So I wanted to throw it out to my audience, your audience, Naeem's audience, who may be listening to, because I feel like this is going to be helpful for everybody. I And I thought like, what better way to amp up the energy? So I'm all about this. And you guys, I'm going to put in the description um, my little code so you can get a discount and hook it up and be bopping all over town. Magic mind, you know, love magic, magic love sex goddess body, magic pussy priestess, <laughs> like here for the whole vibe. So that's so funny that you heard of it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm obsessed. I heard about it. We didn't get to um, really explore more deeply, but right where um, our place is in LA, there was a, a little magical sign that said magic mind. And we're like, what is that? So they're doing like some sort of opening um, studio space in Los and Venice. So that was how I actually heard about it. But I'm curious to try it and would love yep. to like explore it. If you don't know, now you know. And performers like me, you, Naeem, people listening. So X marks the spot. I'm here for it. Um, it. Now, what you may also need it for is getting through this tumultuous culture that sometimes uh, makes no sense, i.e. you getting deplatformed and canceled oh and keeping that train going. So tell us about what happened 
when you basically got kicked off of Instagram, because when we talked about this, I was like, okay, because I actually like follow like stripper accounts just because I'm fascinated right. by, by oh, that whole right. So like the math ain't mapping, like make that make yeah. sense, Josephina. 100%. And that's why I love, again, your platform and what you're doing. And I love that Naeem connected us. And I was like, cancel me, baby. Honey, I've been canceled. Let's talk about it, baby. <laughs> you <laughs> know, and, and let's do it. And the story of being canceled was actually this time last year, uh, I had posted something on social media. So I was at almost 10K followers. Doesn't sound like a lot to some, but for me, that was really meaningful because I was really connected to everyone in my community that took time for me to build. And it was raving fans, creating a really safe space for us to go into conversations around feminine power, pussy power, sexuality. But more importantly, I was really talking about a narrative about deconditioning ourselves from religious beliefs as well as dogmatic and patriarchal beliefs. And as I continue to talk about the narrative of really liberating our minds so we can become liberated and live our most liberated life in every single area and have whatever it is that we desire, because it's 1000% possible, that I posted something on social media. And what I posted on Instagram was a video of me, clothed just like this, talking about no matter what background you come from, what religion you've been in, right? No matter what your cultural history is, that your birthright is to experience pleasure in this lifetime. And that pleasure is not just a sometimes, right? But it's a right now that you can really ask yourself a question continuously day in, day out. How good can you stand it? And make your choices in your life from a place that feel good to you not because of your religion, not because of your culture. Don't date people or have sex or not have sex. Don't masturbate or not masturbate because of their religion. Don't do these actions or do these actions based on these conditions. And to actually unplug and recode yourself with what's true to you on a core level. Posting that on social media when there's tits and ass and, and everything everywhere, right? I posted that on Instagram posted that on TikTok, went to check it 15 minutes later, boom. Sorry, you go against guidelines. You have been deactivated. You can file for an appeal. What am I deactivated for? I was clothed, nothing. So someone wrong. reported you. Well, apparently someone had been set, religious people have been reporting me continuously because mm. priest, right? Think about the Catholic church. You go to your priest to repent your sins, to do your Hail Marys, right? So priest is under a lineage of religious. Being an Egyptian priestess myself, it's a lineage of healing. It's the opposite of what the patriarchal and religious dogma stands for, where instead of repent, repent, it's more of, wow, accept, express, accept, express. A female talking about sex, talking about your divinity, talking about reclaiming your royalty, your, your pussy even, right? The feminine power of creativity that you can access the divine through your body is so taboo because it pushes up all against the narrative agendas, the political and, and religious agendas. And so I was reported many times. Cut to, I go to get onto TikTok, was instantly banned from TikTok. Sorry, your account is banned. Didn't even file for an appeal. They wouldn't even allow for an appeal. And instantaneously, I was banned off TikTok. Then I was canceled and banned on Instagram. Filed for an appeal. 
didn't hear back, reached out to tons of people at the metaverse, no one got back to me, went even onto the black web to try to get my account back. They told me they had not seen this before where it was so quickly that they took the account from being considered and approved, you know, to being appealed into totally banned and deleted, where it was in a department where it was already decided instantaneously that this account would be deleted. And the only way to get it out would be to pay someone $15,000 who worked there inside to then get the account back, mm-hmm. which took eight months to even, no, excuse me, seven months to even get that understanding. And then at the end, when I talked to someone who really gave it to me, they said that my account had been flagged for sexual exploitation, that I was selling wow. sex and that I was not only canceled, I was banned, deleted, disabled with everything connected to it. Wow. And so it, it was shocking, absolutely, yeah. because trying to help liberate people, giving a really positive message, giving people real life tools, right. examples, stories of myself and clients that would create a new future, a compelling future, a free future for other people that then when there can literally be a girl wearing a Pokemon shirt, bouncing her titties and flashing her pussy, doesn't get flagged and gets, Girl, you it's know. My, it's my whole Discover yeah. feed. I'm like, okay, so I'm I'm an actual like live employee at Pornhub. Like what's happening here? Yeah, but exactly. But something like what you're doing. So let me just quickly, because we only have 10 minutes left. And I know yeah. this is such, it's funny because like Naeem, you are a step ahead of my notes. Uh, great uh-huh. minds think alike. So something that I was going to ask you, because in our initial call, you talked about how you, how you were Middle Eastern. And I didn't know until now that you're Egyptian. Is yeah. that right? And okay. Le- and Lebanese. Yeah, Egyptian. And Lebanese. Lebanese. Okay. Okay. So it's funny because I was going to ask about this because in my, and again, I know that this is so complex and deep rooted, but you mentioned religion and that dogma, right? And how that played into your account getting banned versus right. Like someone like literally I'm like in someone's like anus that day, like just scrolling, trying to find like a funny exactly. I feed. Um, and so when I think, and I think with many people, when I think of women and sexuality and femi- femininity in Middle East, I think like the most repressed, yes. um, confined, you know, dress yes. head to toe can only show their eyes basically. And then when you get really extreme, when you're in, you know, Iran, Afghanistan, what have you, when yeah. women are, you know, brutalized and mutilated in the streets, their husband cheats, it's their fault and they're raped and killed, right? Like those extremities, but let's and stone publicly, right? And stone exactly, exactly. By the ethical police, right? By, yeah, the, ethical... by the morality Actually, police. A division called the ethical police, which goes after women yep. to make sure that they're conducting themselves in an ethical way, which right. means you can't even hug a man who's right. a friend if it's not your husband. And then meanwhile, the same men putting these rules in power or rules in place who are in power are the first ones in every harem, strip club, you name it, right? And so I, mm-hmm. I, I talked about it on my show, but I had a really interesting conversation um, with a Muslim man who had immigrated here um, in his late teens, I think. And he explained why, you know, his his mom and his family members and the women in his life you know, really lived by that religion because really he explained it in such a twisted way of like covering women up like that 
protects them. So we only see their quote inner beauty and they don't feel like they have to live to beauty and societal standards and what have you. And in my mind, I'm like, you know, it's fucked up because religion is where it gets really dicey, right? When it's someone's religion. But on the other end of it, I'm like, this is literally indoctrination and the opposite of freedom whatsoever. And again, men's way of containing women's power and, you know, the power that comes with sexuality, period. So kind of in a nutshell, your reaction to all that being, you know, seeing as how you are um, Middle Eastern. Absolutely. Yeah. And and again, remember who wrote religion? It's men. Women did not write the text of religion. Who's the one that transcribed it? It is men. Think about the consciousness. So my reaction to that, and more so a response, is that there is something beautiful in there around holding the beauty of your wife, you know, sacred and beautiful. And so she can hold that at home. But on a deeper level, what they're talking about is the safety of the woman, because if she's walking around just like this, again, in the streets, I would be chased, followed, literally, like when I was in the Middle East with my dad in an upper class culture, we still had to be driven with a driver, have a bodyguard in the front, and one of our other securities behind us to wear normal American clothes and still had 20 men from both sides of the street following us. So this goes way deeper than just, you know, it's for women to be safe and it's a religion. And again, I think it's a very deep lie that we've been indoctrinated into, especially in that society, which again, women buy the illusion. And in some level, they are safer covered up because they're then not, tempting or teasing the male gaze and then they ask for it right or now now they're a temptress Mm -hmm. and I think that's a bunch of fucking bullshit because again it's not actually addressing the consciousness or the lack of consciousness and responsibility that is not happening in the consciousness of the men in the Middle East unfortunately right unfortunately my prayer is that all beings be liberated male and female right whatever gender you identify with but the truth of the matter is, is there's lack of sex education. There's a lack of safe spaces. And so the solution is to cover up the problem. The problem being women in our bodies, not the problem being men's lack of their reptilian brain thinking of wanting to fuck everything, conquer everything and take everything, right? But it's okay in the secret harems. It's okay in the hidden drawers, right? It's homosexuality is even okay in the male bathhouses, but if you dare talk about it, exactly. we will eat you. We will publicly shame you. Exactly. Right? And that's the primary emotion that they instill in the Middle East around female body and sexuality is shame. That is the yep. primary emotion that everyone is indoctrinated. And so to be here talking about it as a Middle Eastern woman, being the pussy priestess, waving the flag for it, right, is a really radical thing to do that I could only do in America. First of all, thank you. And I also, at one point you were like, it is a bunch of fucking bullshit. I literally want to put that on a shirt and just wear it. It's a bunch of fucking bullshit. It is a bunch of fucking bullshit. I love that. But you're exactly right. And that's why I've talked about this very issue. And on the other end of it, I love how you're like, I can talk about that here. I can go out you know, me personally, and talk about societal, cultural, political issues, wearing no bra without a skims nipple bra, but I have no qualms with it. We'll get to that in a second. And it does bother me that women in this country, you know, cry victim of being like, so, you know, male gaze and patriarchy and so suppressed. It's like, bro, 
like get a reality check of what a daily, an hour dose of daily life somewhere else would be. I'm not saying we're perfect, but you know, I just think like you, like you, like use that empowerment to move forward. Um, okay. Quickly your thoughts on the viral skims nipple bra. So I found out about it because we were chatting about it. And, you know, I think for me, whatever you want to do, go for it, right? I know that working with many, many women, right? Like over all the course of the years, I know that women have a pain point when it comes to number one, our pussy and number two, our breasts or vice versa, however you want to do it, our genital or our breasts, because women somehow inverted nipples. And for them, that's a really big pain point, right? And so for the women who have inverted nipples, they might want a bra where it looks like they've got more nipples, right? Beautiful. Let them have that. Let them have that expression. If it's going to help them, you know, boost confidence. But to me, my core thing is anything that's manufactured will never find or get or heal to the root of the issue of the problem. That's where I always go. So that's if you're really wanting, interesting. If you're wanting it as a cover up. If you're wanting it because of your insecurity and you want it to look a certain way, because again, it's superficial and it's creating a false sense of self-acceptance, tune in. If you're getting it just for fun and you're consciously aware, you're like, I'm going to get it because I want to like play with my nipples or make, you know, play around, go for it. Right. But again, tune in if it makes you more confident, because again, you're someone who has inverted nipples or you don't like your nipples or you want to hide your nipples behind them. That's something that I would say again, right? Really look into because empowerment is really the business of our life. And if we're avoiding empowerment in any area of our life, then we're not doing our good job as business people on the planet Mm -hmm. to take care of our business and our side of the lane. So that's kind of my standpoint. I'm like, everyone's up to them to do themselves. But I do think it's interesting that again, she's monetizing on female insecurity And again, marginalizing a certain group of people, that's my opinion, that maybe need that. That's so interesting. I mean, I thought it was fascinating that it got such polarizing feedback and went viral. First of all, it's so Kim Kardashian to just do something so outrageous and in your face and like capitalize and monetize and have people so split. Like, it's just so her. My take on it is like, I'm with you in that obviously like, I rock with it naturally. And I love that. Like, I love commanding that attention and having people be like, oh shit. And then having the brains to back it up. Like it is the best thing ever. But I also like, I've seen some women who are maybe, you know, a little on the heavier side or plus side or have a little droop. And they're like, I love it. Cause I have that nipple look, but with a lift. So in that case, I'm like, I get it. I get it. But again, another example of like, I've been thinking so much about this. It's like, why is seeing a nipple such a big deal? Like it's so powerful and feminine and fierce. Um, I have to start wrapping because I obviously could talk to you all day. Um, but let's talk about the generation before quickly and the generation after us, right? Because that's what it's all about. Now, as in terms of the older women, I, I will have you say this, or I will say this to you. Um, 
I have noticed since starting this, the most flack that I've gotten is from older women. For example, I did a big interview with Dr. Robert Malone, one of the most genius scientists in the world. Was He's one of the architects of the mRNA technology and really blew up you know, during COVID with Joe Rogan and all of that. And I had a, a great interview with him and his wife. They posted it on their Substack and you know, oddly enough, like all these people are applauding it. Thank you all for bringing your voices. And the ones who are like, you know, so inappropriately dressed, dressed for the occasion, you know, tacky top are older women. And it's funny because I saw again on my feed, like the shit that comes up on my feed is absolutely wild, but I wanted your take on this, given someone who's so like empower women, uh, minded and forward. I saw a video and it was obviously staged, but it was a middle-aged couple on a plane and a woman, which this would never happen, but a woman who like looks like a stripper, who's younger, super curvy comes in, is like struggling with her luggage, wearing literally a string bikini and heels. And the yeah. husband, she like has her tits in his face and he's like, and the, the wife is like livid. She starts fighting with the girl. She's like, what are you doing? Putting your tits in my man's face. And the girl's like, well, he has enough with you. Why'd he be looking at me? Right. And it's like such a female primal thing to have that defense, like claim your territory. But I also thought, is it just another example of lack versus abundance? And yet again, like the Madonna whore complex and women being pit against each other, like had that wife been like, that is a hot, yeah, look at those titties. Yeah, eat your heart, you know, feast your eyes and I'm going to look at her too. And she's hot, young thing, gorgeous. Go ahead, honey. Cause I know at the end of the day, you're going home with me, baby. Like there's so much of that again, embedded in our society. So again, just kind of a quick take on that when it comes to the older women, younger women and um, women being so territorial on the whole and threat, yeah, so right? I think number one, you did speak to the fact that there's such a deep thing, right? That we believe that we're competition for each other versus we're actually collaborators. And the way that I look at it is like, if we start to unplug from that old belief system that we're competition and we're actually collaborators, we can actually see another woman as a mirror for us. If we're triggered by that woman's sexuality of her boobs, right? And we're feeling suddenly and relating to her in insecurity, Versus like, oh yeah, her tits are hot and sexy, right? That means I would need to be in a high emotional state, feeling confident, connected to my body. And one of the key factors would be, I would be flowing in my sexuality, in my radiance, which is ageless and timeless. I love which means that. there's and no one. It's so much easier said than done because me, even when my man, and like you said, men, are sex driven. They're, they're conquerors on a primal level. Right. And I'll see yeah. my man looking at it and I'm, there's a part of me that's like, I'm feeling a type of way, you know? So it's so much easier said than done. And I also think it's a funny kind of double standard because women, like, again, we're so territorial and get so threatened and judgmental, but like we all day long, like in front of our men could be like, Oh, I would fuck the shit out of Brad Pitt, Tom Brady and the dudes like, cool. But so if like they do it, we're like, excuse me. It's a deeper self-love. Like you talk about sex goddess, right? One of the one of the archetypes that I teach in my female power triad is the sex goddess archetype. And the sex goddess archetype goes through ancestral healing, which is our old primal ancestry, right? Any work that we do healing work from us, it's seven generations behind us. So our grandmother, great-great-grandmother, great-great-great, way back to where it was about resources. Protecting our man, because that meant our safety. That meant protecting our financial resources, the resources of our kids and our future. So when we're aware that it's just a primal 
pull, right? Do we give our power to just what the body's doing, the nervous system's reaction, right? That's that's imprinted in code from our vagus nerve, right? Which is transferred from mother to mother to mother to mother in vitro. Or are we gonna choose that moment and like, ooh, or do I wanna become really the sex goddess in her life, which is abundant as you said, right? Which is confident, magnetic, and herself can rest and relax. And knowing that Love even if that man looks, right, looks at that woman, you're like, ooh, yes, look at that other flavor of me. Mm, we can appreciate that and I can rest in that. And the man actually feels more attracted to you because yes. you're like fucking catnip to them where they're like, oh my God, this woman is so independent. She's so confident yes. and relaxed. I want to take that yumminess and like mm, make out with her on the plane while that woman leaves, right? And there's growth to that. There's evolution to that, right? It's That's why, again, it's doing um, work to really master your emotions, your meaning, but really, again, redesign the relationship you have because what is that bringing up? Sexual tension, right? Sexual competition, all about that primalness. So when we learn to actually have a fundamental different relationship to our own sexuality, we can change the relationship to the sexuality we see in another woman. I so needed to hear that. I just got chills. That was ever like butter to my ears. Amazing. <laughs> um, isn't it so much fun being a woman? I love how earlier you I were like it. the femininity and the masculinity. Like I fucking love being a woman. And again, like that power and attention that it commands. It is just the all-time best. And lastly, for you, just in a minute, yeah. going off of that, like I said, to 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 end this with the generation behind us, because you have filled us with, so, no pun intended, with so much goodness today and wisdom um, and just soul, like soulful input. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, I will say, looking at the future, right? young women are sexualized in a way that we never were on Instagram. Like the way that they dress, like there are that 15 year olds out here be looking like IG models. And I'm like, enjoy your youth, have your braces, have your acne, like have your sad little prom photos. Right. And they're growing up. Wait, I'm like, do they not have an ugly face? So when it comes to that, how, what would just be your last in a minute words to young women? Because I always say too, like with what we're talking about, I almost feel like not that it's reserved for us as we get older and we can appreciate and have our sexuality and, and confidence and not out of insecurity or validation. Um, and when you're so young, I feel like you don't know it's too young. Um, so, so, so what would be your, your, your observation of that on the whole and in your words to them? Yeah, my observation is that young young women are looking up to role models and the role models that we have today are very different. They're Instagram, you know, Instagram models where back in the day it was like Cindy Crawford, right? The model has changed, right? We were modeling natural beauty back in the day. So it was easier for us to yeah. look for the natural beauty. So in a world right now that really idolizes and pedestalizes all the fakeness and the filters, what I would say is actually... Be the, be the swan in, in, in the pool of pigeons that are all looking for the same thing. Like really tune into your natural beauty. Look for oh, role God. models and icons that you can start to embody those qualities to help cultivate more confidence in who you are now. And really look for the beauty within yourself now, today, when you look in the mirror. Look for what's good versus look for what you need to change and fix. 
beautiful. Josefina Gorgina Bashout. I just gave you a middle name. Take, you talked about looking up to icons. You are an icon in my mind. Takes one to know one. And yeah. I can talk to you all day. I will just say this, go forth and priestess on. I'm so obsessed with you. Thank you so much. This was, thank you. this was amazing. So yeah. So fun. Thank you so much for having it. an awesome platform. Yes, baby. Back at you, baby. High five. Pussy power. <laughs> I have to go, my love. I'm okay. going to hop off and I'll text you. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Great chatting with you. Love it. Bye.